Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fourth annual stream scheme buy low, sell high Christmas extravaganza. I am your host, David Benton. You might remember me from such shows, such as the stream scheme and most recently short shifts as well. With me today, I have some very, very special guests to accompany me on this journey through the wild, wild world of mid-season fantasy hockey trading. First up, we have this guy who stinks at picking guys that he loves, but is pretty good at hating the right people, apparently. You can't find this man on Twitter because the man has no Twitter. It's Twitterless Mason. Mason, how's it going? It's going pretty well, and uh, I still love these players, and I'm loving not having them on any of my teams. So <laughs> uh, that's that's the positive part of this recap. And up next, we have O-Captain, my captain. He had the worst hate pick of all time in his preseason love-hate list. Uh, You listeners at home, can you even guess or maybe even remember who it was? You'll find out soon. But he's actually tremendous, apparently, at picking players that he loves. He's just a a lover, not a fighter. That's all. Uh, It's PJ Richards. PJ, how's it going? Dave is going pretty good, and yeah, uh, it'll be fun to get into that uh, little misstep uh, I definitely had, but uh, like you said, I think I'm doing pretty good, sitting in first, first, second, third in most of my leagues this year, so uh, doing okay. So those guys that I loved, I picked them up, and it's been helping me. That's what I'm talking about, and this last guy is Elon. Hey, Elon. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, I think that some people may not have listened to that preseason show because that was just on the stream scheme feed before we got rid of that and brought you onto the main feed. I think I may be wrong about that. But anyways, yeah, you guys did a really fun show with your uh, pre-draft love and hate. And now I get to hear uh, the reminders of who you guys chose and give my thoughts. And if I think you were... I mean, this is like the easiest job in the world, right? But wow, you were so dumb to hate that guy. (laughs) And I can just pretend like I knew all along. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, so before we get into the juice of this episode, where we get ahead of the question that it seems everyone has this time of year. People are coming up to me on the streets, the mean streets of Pittsburgh, PA, mind you. People shouldn't be coming up to me. But uh, they, they come up to me and they say, Dave, can you give me a list of players that I should target? And also, if you don't mind, a list of players I should try to get rid of, uh, aka which players should I buy low and sell high on. So before we get into that, we got to see how our preseason love-hate picks, because you guys know we are all about accountability here on the stream scheme. All right. And so basically we're just going to roll through the list for each person, what they had on their love list and hate list. And then we'll, at, we'll kick it over to Elon since he didn't, he wasn't a part of that love hate uh, extravaganza at the beginning of the season. So he'll let him know if he kind of, he'll have to go back in time and kind of see if he would have agreed with these picks or not. And hopefully he'll be a little honest with us. So uh, we'll start off with, um, Let's start off with PJ since we gave that little tease <laughs> uh, earlier. So we don't want to keep the crowd waiting too long. PJ, as we mentioned for his love list, we'll start out positive was very good. PJ loved Jack Eichel, uh, who is now 29th in overall couple points. So that's a win here for him. Uh, Noah Dobson, 82nd. I called that a push. Maybe we can have Elon give us uh, his official opinion here. Dobson's 82nd overall, which is kind of like right around, I think, where he was going in drafts. Uh, He had Jenner, uh, which I counted as a win here. And lastly, PJ had Kreider. Uh, for his honorable mention, which I counted clearly as a win. So I call that going 3.5 out of four. Uh, Elon, how do you feel about PJ's love list here of Eichel, Dobson, Jenner, and Kreider? I mean, yeah, I mean, they're they're all good picks. They're all players that I, I would have been similarly into. I don't know if any of them were like home runs, like, you know, saying you love someone that then ended up like really like overperforming where they were drafted. Like Chris Kreider actually right now is a little cold, but I would consider like I was was making these lists then for our like current advice of buy low and sell high. It's like I wonder if you could like buy low on Chris Kreider because he has like one point in his last four games. Probably not, unless you have like the most impatient people in the world in your league. But I think yeah, I I love PJ and I think he's great. None of these uh, picks, you know, in hindsight are are blowing me away. But I think Noah Dobson, I will say, is 
Like he has more to give. I, I have a hunch that Noah Dobson is going to turn into like an exciting pick later. I'm actually surprised he only has 20 points in 30 games. I feel like anytime I see a goal from the Islanders, it always seems like Dobson is popping up, but I guess maybe this is just a selective memory. Yeah, I mean, I, I was surprised as well, actually, because whenever I originally looked at it and saw Dobson, I'm like, oh, that's a win. But then like I went back and looked at him. I was like, eh. Uh, so, Peach, how are you feeling about your uh, love list so far here? Yeah, and just to like uh, recap, because in case anyone didn't catch this show, what we were doing is basically looking at where the the pre-rankings from the Kakopful patrons were and seeing who we liked at where they were being drafted to maybe outperform their draft position. Um, not just like, you know, I love McDavid. I love, like, I want McDavid. It was more like, oh, Eichel's going later than I think he will finish, uh, and I'm picking him. And so, like, I'm happy with them. I'm with you. I still, like... I had a hard time getting Dobson in a few leagues because he ended up going a bit higher than even what I you know, thought was. Uh, but I'm still happy with him. I've got him in one league and I want to see what he does. He's got a bit more to put. Um, and I kind of tried going with one guy that's kind of higher in the ranking, one guy that was kind of mid rankings and one guy that was lower in the rankings. So it wasn't just like all guys that are being drafted super low. Um, and that's kind of why I went with like an Eichel that was up there that we knew wasn't going to jump up like from maybe the third round to like a first round contender but might jump up to like late second round from like late third round or early fourth round which is where we were seeing him going um so i think i'm happy with them uh like elon said i didn't have any home runs on those picks they were they were all just kind of okay moving on to mason's love list oh go ahead mace go ahead yeah just to chime in on those picks i think they're more of home runs than you guys would call them like yeah, Eichel's 29th, but he's missed some time. And um, if he hadn't, he'd be higher. Jenner was being drafted at 164th, and he's currently 72nd in Kakupful. Like, that's a massive um, hit there um, for a guy you were drafting in, like, the 13th round or something. And then Dobson, like, yeah, he's ranked about where he was drafted. But for a defenseman, like, that's always a little skewed um, based on total points. So um, I think if it were, if we were redrafting, according to current rankings um he'd be a little bit higher so i think yeah those were all hits to me fair enough fair enough yeah jenner and that's why we love twitterless mason just coming mm-hmm. to my defense thanks mason all right moving on to uh pj's or no that was pj moving on to mason's love list here not as pretty uh he had demko as his uh top love list player uh followed which was a loss obviously followed but or trend we should say as, as well for all these picks mid-season and these were season-long picks so these are all just trending towards a win or a loss obviously a lot can still happen but mason had and you'll get your chance to defend yourself here mr demko high skin and uh mo cider high skin and he's like 99 so i think i called him a loss as well i think he was getting drafted higher uh cider clear loss here and hartman uh still a loss so i i called you over four here uh elon what do you think of mason's love list of demko heiskanen cider and hartman well i mean he put himself out there by throwing a goalie in there that's always a risky play and yeah you're likely to get burned this season like you pretty much mentioned any goalie that people were excited about going into the season I don't recall many people saying that they were super stoked about a Kachikov or a Linus Olmark. So I think most of people were wrong. Uh, yeah. And then, I mean, Hartman, I was really high on him as well. What a bummer that turned out to be. Like he got bumped from the top line. Now we'll see. He's going to come back from injury. Is he going to get back on the top line, do what he was doing before? Eh, I mean, probably not. Haskinen has been solid. I think Haskinen has been like what we were expecting or at least I was like, he's like on a pace, like a 67 point pace. He's having a great year, but I guess with the peripherals, it doesn't make him like super high ranked in couple. Who was the fourth one again? Hartman insider. I'm thinking oh, cider. Yeah. And then most cider, what a disappointment so far, but I mean, who would have called that like such an amazing rookie season. And now he's been doing absolutely nothing. And Heronik's not even injured long-term. So you can't even be like, oh, now he'll get more opportunities. Just got to step up. Where? Come on, Moritz Sider. Like 12 points in 29 games. I, I can't fault Mason for that one. I guess like a lot of people, though, were like drafting him as like a really high up defense. So I don't know like high, how high Mason was. I guess you could say Mason. How, like, how high were you thinking Sider should be drafted among defensemen? Basically right where he was. Um, yeah, his ADP ended up spiking even further um, as a couple drafts were going. So um, he ended up basically where I thought he would be. 
Um, but obviously that hasn't worked out. Uh, thoughts about uh, the rest of your picks there? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously they're big misses. I'm not going to say that these are good picks. Um, Hartman, I still like for the rest of the year. So um, we might talk more about that later. Um, Demko obviously got injured and yeah, that's, that's just tough. Canucks have been way better since he's been <laughs> out. Like they're like 13 and six, I think um, their last 19 after starting 0 and seven. And so if he can get it together, I think the team has gotten it together and he could be um, okay once he's back. Cider, man, it, it always be so much that Dennis Jalowski held Hronek off the top power play for like five years. And we were all so annoyed about it. And then finally, um, Cider comes in, takes top power play, and then they <laughs> bump him for Hronek, who couldn't get it before. Um, I think I just need to stop picking top power play defensemen because my big bust the year before was Jacob Chikrin who lost top power play to Gostas Bear. And these guys mm. pretty much came out of nowhere uh, as well, far as I can tell. Well, if anything, Chikrin is like really crushing it since he's come back from his injury this year. So maybe that means you should pick Cider next year. You're always just a year behind and you'll be totally fine. So, and then let's move on to the best love list. Of course, yours truly, Davey Betts, uh, without question here, but I'll let Elon review my list. Nonetheless, I had Sidney Crosby, easy win. 12th overall and kick a couple points. I think we can all agree there. Brent Burns, I'll hand, I'll call this a little bit of a loss here. He's 100, 108th overall, not too far from Heiskanen, but I think from where I kind of wanted to draft him in like that fifth, sixth round range, I think is a little, uh, a little bit under expectations. I expected a little bit more from him. Uh, Rope hints, clear win, clear win. That top Dallas line is just beautiful. And uh, my fourth one, Georgiev said it's hard to pick goalies. Well, I did it. Uh, he's ninth in overall a couple points for goalies. So that's a clear win as well. Elon, uh, what do you think about Sid the Kid, Burns, Hints, and gorgeous Georgiev? Yeah, Brian and I were drooling about Crosby on an episode of the main show a little while back. Like He's just unbelievable. Like There's nothing you can say about that. Like, he's 35. He's having like what's looking like a career year, one of his best seasons since back like 10 years ago, you know, or more. So yeah, that was a great pick of yours. He's definitely like hot performing higher. I'm sure a lot of people just expect he'll slowly get it like a little bit worse, you know, but instead he's just getting better, like a fine wine. Uh, Georgiev was a good pick. He's starting to like not be as good. Lately. Yeah. Lately it's been a little, a little slippy. So it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen for the rest of the year. Cause Francois on the other hand has really started to look really good. And Georgiev just took this loss to Buffalo in the last game. I wonder if Francois, you know, he just got two starts in a row for the first time this season. So I wonder if this is a sign that, you know, he should have sold high on your Georgiev pick maybe a few weeks ago, but overall, yeah, it's a good list. Dave, you, uh, I think you called your shots. You did well. Yeah. Brent Burns, everyone was like really excited about, and he's like, pretty good but maybe not like as crazy exciting as people thought he would be yeah go ahead mace i'm just a little offended that you called haskin in a loss and brent burns a borderline loss when no, burns was drafted I, a full gave, round ahead and has been worse <laughs> I, I gave Heis, i cha- i should have told you i changed heiskin into a push so you were actually 0. 0.5 out of four <laughs> not just zero. i, I think four. i deserve a 0. 0.7 that's all i'm saying uh, We'll leave What's it going on the... with Burns, by the way? He like started the year with like games with like six, five, four shots, like a seven shot game. Now this past two, three weeks, he hasn't had more than two shots in a game. Like, does he just like need a rest or something? Maybe, maybe he'll uh, come back strong after. Did he the have Christmas a baby break. that we don't know about? <laughs> Could be. I don't know. But enough of this lovey dovey stuff. Let's get a little sl- slightly negative. And again, we don't act, we didn't actually hate these players. We just hated where they were being drafted in the uh, preseason, keeping Carlson ADP uh, that the lovely, uh, I believe it's Kevin a bear, right? That's not Shams. Is it? Elon? No, it's Kevin that uh, yeah. does all those great uh, stats for us. With the one of the He's best, amazing. one of the best preseason tools <laughs> that you can really ask for. Uh, I know I was looking at it daily uh but let's get to it uh i'll start with we can go in reverse order here we'll start with my hate list it's still great it doesn't matter if i'm loving people or if i'm hating people i hated uh jt miller that was a win here he's 54th overall and kick couple points people were drafting him in the second round 
Uh, DeBrinkett was my second pick. That's a loss. He's been great. He's actually been better than I expected because he's been really good lately. So that's a loss here on DeBrinkett. But uh, I also picked Latang. Clear win on uh, him being bad, <laughs> I guess you can say. And uh, Zegris. Um, he is also not performing up to expectations. So I think we can confidently call that three for four here on my hate list. Uh, Elon, what say you? Yeah, I mean, I think Latang could be like a buy low. Like, I don't think like the book is shut on him. But yeah, those were all really smart choices. Zegris, don't forget. You, I think with someone like him, you can't just go buy the raw ranking because you take these Anaheim guys for those off day schedules and all of those extra games played you can get. So I think even though Zegris is only pacing for like sixty six points and maybe like twenty five goals, when maybe you would have been hoping for whatever I don't know seventy five points and thirty goals but he's probably still like similarly worthwhile as someone who has those stats that maybe we were expecting from him. And now he's also someone that I guess Anaheim's just been such a disappointment. So that's been help holding him back a little bit, except for Troy Terry. He's been amazing. Thank you, Elon. I would agree. Clear domination by myself up mm-hmm. next. We've got Mason on his hate list. He's, he, I told you he's a much better hater than he is. Love. <laughs> but uh, we've got Quinn Hughes C- clear win here on betting on Quinn Hughes to be bad. Uh, he had Huberto slash Lindholm, which I think just be- from Huberto alone, we can call that a win. Uh, Patrick Kane, he's 132nd overall and kick up full points. That's a clear win. And his last pick was Blake Wheeler, who I'm calling a loss because uh, right now, Wheeler is 100 overall in a couple points, which I think is going above where even you were saying people uh, like don't draft him and stuff like that. Uh, so, Elon, what do you think? And then we'll get Mason's reaction. No, I mean, I definitely need to ask Mason for advice going to the next season. These are all like bang on choices like Patrick Kane and Brian on the show. Not for players he likes. No, I know. As I'm saying, these are bang on choices for guys who are not going to be as good as people thought they would be. Don't ask him who he likes. Just ask him who he hates. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, should I draft this guy? If he says yes, I don't know if that's good advice or not. But if he says no, I'll know to listen. Quinn Hughes is so funny, by the way. He's like pacing for his best ever season in terms of points. But he has no goals. (laughs) Zero goals, 25 assists in 25 games. Taking fewer shots than last year even, which was already very few. One hit. So far, we'll see. <laughs> he, he had 19 hits last year, so he's even going to fall short of that mark if he continues. So, yeah, unless you're in a points-only league, Quinn Hughes, yeah, I, I agree. Like, it's a huge loss. Too bad. But, yeah, great great picks by Mason there. Yeah, I do actually find it much easier to pick uh, out guys that I do not want whatsoever than it is to pick guys I like. And usually my strategy is just to, like, cross off a ton of names and then take value basically uh, whoever else falls from the people that I'm okay with because it's just so hard to predict who's going to like break out or whatever. Um, I think there were clear signs with Huberdeau and Hughes. Hughes especially like like Elon said, he's been doing so great and he still sucks for a couple, which is just exactly what I was saying. Um, I didn't even expect him to be this good, but um, yeah, he's been awful. And I do still kind of like Huberdeau the rest of the year. Um but yeah, he's just had such low ice time. And um, obviously, Calgary is not the offensive dynamo it was. Yeah, Huberto could be good, but not for a first round pick, I don't think. And that's where he was being taken. Oh, yeah. Or the, yeah, like top of the top of the second, like at latest, essentially. But I think uh, I was saying like fourth, <laughs> late third <laughs> at, at the start of the year. Yeah. And uh, PJ, uh, he had a rough. Uh, rough loss here with his first hate list tage thompson um he's been all right so that's a it's a loss here for tage all right, let thompson. Me, can i jump in on tage thompson yeah. i know that's what you were teasing and it's like oh my god how could you say that tage thompson wouldn't be good like you're such a moron how are we even no no advice you're, on you're, the show? you're you said that I, no, I know well, anyways, i'm just saying that like we need to realize like pj is not alone like i went back i remember being on twitter when he signed that contract and there was a lot of people saying that buffalo really blew it like uh that on the keeping Carlson Twitter account, like that, I was looking through some of the tweets of people that you know Brian picked. Brian only picks like good people to follow, and I'm not going to call specific people out. But here's some quotes here, like uh, as we already said, Tage Thompson had great last season, but we still don't think he deserved that contract after only one good season. Here's another, damn, that Tage Thompson contract is just outrageous, a real pegulous special. His on ice shooting percentage nearly triples. He gets stapled to Skinner and Tuck with a huge offensive zone start push. Hey, how about we pump and dump ourselves? This person was really like not impressed with. Anyway, so I'm just saying like uh, there are a lot of people hating on Tate. And I think what they missed out on is 
and it's easy to say in hindsight, right? But it's like he uh, was playing with good line mates for the first time, you know, in, in his career. So I think a lot of people who were saying like, oh, just one good year, like it was a completely different situation for him. And also it's like uh, Granado seems to be a good coach for offense. Uh, but obviously, again, this is easy for me to say now. So I just want people to like realize that like PJ is definitely not alone in thinking that uh, Tate sure. Thompson was overrated. For sure. Uh, he also had a cadre who I said, I guess we can leave this up to Elon for actually there's a couple of these for PJ's eight list that are up in the air that we'll leave to Elon to be the ultimate judge. Mm-hmm. Cadre, I said push. And then, uh, but then let me finish it out. Then I'll toss it over to you. Uh, Maddie Kachuk, that's a clear loss uh, <laughs> for, for his hate list. He's 11th overall in kickupful points right now. And Evander Kane, another one that kind of up in the air in because like when he was healthy it was a clear loss but i guess now he's injured so i called it a loss just because you know while he was playing he was so good but elon what say you about this well yeah i mean you can't just say that evander kane like he knew that he was going to have his wrist uh cut like that so uh no i mean yeah that's a shame <laughs> like I, I don't really know what to say here like uh yeah matthew kachuk also like doing a lot what about kadri yeah, Kadri's even. I don't know. He started really great, and then he really slowed down. And at this point, I think it's like, I wouldn't mind having him, but I'm not so excited about him. So I guess I agree. Like, in the end, that's probably a win, I guess, saying that you don't want to draft him too high. But uh, yeah, it's hard to get over Matthew Kachuk and Tage Thompson there, for sure, and Evander Kane, though he at least got injured. PJ, the floor is yours. <laughs> I only have one thing in my defense. <laughs> You guys had picked everyone that I had as my hate list, and then I wasn't able to use any of them and had to re-pick players, like, twice. I had Huberdo, I had I, all these other guys, and you're like, nope, already taken, nope, already taken, pick somebody else, pick somebody else. And again, I tried going somebody higher in the ranking mid and later. And so for, like, Kadri, he was being drafted at, like, 60th overall, and I was like, I don't think he'll be 60th overall. I think that's too high. Um, you know, right now he's currently 79th. So he's a bit lower than that, you know, push. I'd say it's pretty close, whatever. Um, yeah. Kachuk was because I had said I wanted Huberto or Lindholm and then Mason had both of them. So I was like, well, I'll go the other guy on that trade that I don't know who I will go. Um, and, uh, I will take the full loss on Kane because as an Oilers fan, I am a fan of his. I just saw him going in like the third round in lots of them. And at that point, it wasn't even established whether it was going to be him or Hyman on the top power play um there was just a few question marks and that was my like kind of honorable mention really actually quite low on my hate list but all the other guys i had tried picking originally were were taken by you geniuses who are really good at your hate list so uh, uh i'll take it i'm i'm happy with be lover not a hater so I'll, I'll take that uh title and uh and take the big l for the for the hate list hey as we as i said these these picks aren't or these uh Wins and losses are not official. This much like a stream scheme on a Friday. This is simply what the picks are trending towards simply, but I am clearly in the lead uh, trending towards six for eight. Uh, uh, PJ is technically in second uh, trending four for eight and Mason right behind trending at 3.5 for eight. But uh, Elon, what do you, what say you? I was just looking at like just some draft results to see who would have been like the most like prophetic hate list pick and like imagine someone had said kale mccarr you would have been like are you an idiot kale mccarr's a, like like at the end of the last year he had the biggest hype of all time and i and i don't think this will last but he's currently less than point per game which i think is actually a bit surprising and it's he was starting much better than that and then it's maybe these avalanche injuries have started to catch up to him but yeah i was surprised to see mccarr only 26 point in 28 games so you could have done a lot better with defense so far overall but I don't think anyone was predicting that he was going to have a down year. And I still don't think he will. I will start out here on our uh, buy list. And so these are players that we are all targeting in trades and players that we are buying low on uh, my top player is Trevor Zegers, someone who I actually picked on my hate list, uh, which was correct so far, but I do think he's going to be so great going forward. And the real reason that I want Zegers, Elon actually alluded to it earlier, is that sweet, sweet off night schedule uh, out of the games left from like December 19th till the end of the couple championship week. Uh, the uh, Anaheim Ducks uh, play 28 off days out of like 48 games. It's absolutely insane. And so even if you don't think that Zegris 
like isn't going to be that great. Even if you think he's going to just kind of maintain what he's done at this point of the season throughout the rest of the season, just with that off day schedule, just how little you're going to have to actually put him in on those busy days, I think is all the reason to grab him. Up next, kind of the same reason, but also a little bit more Clayton Keller. The Coyotes have like, I think, 20 light days, plus they have a ton of home games. And I think they're going to be performing a little bit better on home ice, not having to spend every single game on the road like they have been throughout the season so far. So I think you might see a little resurgence from the Coyotes. And he's pretty much the only guy I would really target from the Coyotes is Clayton Keller. And my third uh, guy that I'm buying low on is Matt Barzell, who's been all right, but I really think he's going to explode in the second half of the season. Hopefully he can just keep up the shots as well. Uh, Mason, let's kick it to you. Let's hear your thoughts on those guys and hear your uh, buy low list as well. Yeah, I like um, each of those picks, I think. Um, I hadn't really been thinking about the uh, that off-night schedule too much, so that's really good. And this is the time that uh, Keeping Carlson has been talking about buying on those Coyote players who are going to have a great schedule moving forward. Um, so for my three picks, my first is Ryan Hartman. Um, I think he's an absolute lock for the top line when he comes back. Um, the big question at the start of the year was like, does Erickson Eck take that spot? Does Rossi take that spot? And that's why, you know, people weren't thinking he would keep it up. But, um, since he's been out, like nobody's done anything at all. And, uh, even before the season, the coach was saying like, this is Hartman's line. Um, and I just think. Uh, he'll come back to that spot. Even if he isn't great, that's still as good as anyone else has been doing. I think 65 points like he got last year um, is a pretty solid bet there. And you can buy low because of uh, the injury, because of how he was doing before the injury. And uh, like Nate was saying on short shifts, maybe he's worked back in through the middle six. And um, I would be trying to trade for him uh, to get that top line upside. Um, some of you might remember that last Christmas, I gave you my heart and recommendation as a buy high. And so this year to save you from tears, uh, go get him for something unspecial. <laughs> Second up, I have uh, Makar. Um, I think Colorado as a whole is kind of in the buy low range, but Makar particularly, um, he's getting like a minute and a half more ice time that he did last year, but uh, he's still shooting well below his career average. Uh, McKinnon's shooting low. Landis Gognashushkin, you know, everybody's been out. Um, and I expect him to be basically what he was last year. Um, he's currently ranked 60th and he only has top five points in his last 10. So I think that's a clear buy window. And if you could trade like a Fox or a Carlson who are currently decently ahead, I'd do that for sure. Uh, maybe even add something to get him. Uh, I think if you can buy low on him, you'll be singing Mele Kaliki Makar the rest of the season. And finally, <laughs> I have, uh, and finally, I've got Philip Forsberg. Um, I think Nashville has started to put things together a little bit more and, um, you know, we didn't think he or Yossi or Duchesne would keep up what they did last year, but they're all basically shooting like 50% of what they did last year. Um, and all of those are below their career averages. So I think those will bounce back a bit and he's a really streaky player, even though he's been cold, you know, I could see him just putting up like six goals uh, over eight games or something or scoring a couple hat tricks and um, bouncing right back up to being kind of what we thought at the start of the year, which is more of like a third or fourth round value than where he is now. PJ, let's kick it over to you. Give your thoughts on Mason's list and then let's hear your uh, by lows. Yeah. um, If you remember correctly, like uh, Mason and I both were talking about Hartman before and how we liked him and he hasn't started out strong. And so like I was saying to you guys beforehand, he is one that's like a little bit hard to say, like how low is he because he was low, but then he's also been injured for so long. So like where he would be ranking is pretty, you know, skewed a little bit. Um, but I don't hate the idea. You, you know, like Mason said, no one's really stolen that. I could see him bumping Sam Steele from the top line pretty easily uh, once he gets back into it. So that's pretty good. And um, I agree with Makar. That's the one that I think you know, I think it's going to be a little hard to buy low on him still just because people do know who he is. But like you said, Mason, if you can 
put somebody who's also a good defenseman putting up points or whatever and try and trade him for that and get the upgrade. Once Colorado starts getting healthy again, I think we're going to see a, quite a different team than what we've seen so far. Um, they've been a lot lower than I think anyone projected them to be. So, uh, yeah, I like a couple of those picks for sure. Um, and then moving on to, you know, mine, I've got a few in there that uh, we've maybe mentioned already. Uh, so I'll start with one of those guys being Jonathan Huberdeau. I think this is a pretty clear buy low at this point. Might be in that same realm of the Makar where people might just be holding on to him and hoping that he turns it around because they probably drafted him in the second round or late first round or something and he just hasn't lived up to that. Um, but if you could offer something and be able to get a Huberdeau, um, that you know, that team started to get a little better. They started really bad in the season and they've, you know, they're not like a top team. Like they were putting up as many points as they were last year, but you know, he's going to be clicking with somebody at some point. That guy's a a guy that drives play a lot of the time. So I'm not going to just rely on um, it. He's, he's a guy who's always going to be assisting on stuff. So if he can get somebody that's able to put some of those in the net, he's going to be starting to get some more points. Another guy that I want to buy low on is uh cider. Another guy that we've uh, mentioned already. Um, and this will be an interesting one because, you know, we just did have that big hit on Hironic last game or whatever, but uh, you know, he's already been back at practice with the regular Jersey. So Hironic's not necessarily going to miss any time. Um, but Cider is just one that I think it's just a matter of time before he steals that top power play back. Um, you know, we talked a bit about him uh, in that last episode on, on what we think of him. And I, I just think he's a guy that I'm going to be targeting as uh, he's going to, you know, turn it up for the rest of the season. And another defenseman that's going to do similar, I hope, is Victor Hedman. Um, You know, uh, Sergachev was kind of taking some of that top power play. He's a little injured right now, but uh, Hedman had taken that top power play back already. Uh, But he's just not producing to where people have drafted him. And some managers are starting to get fed up. I know I've actually seen some trade offers of Hedman for some of my players in other leagues uh, that, uh, you know, I've been trying to push through and then they reneged on it. So uh, unfortunately, but I'm still working to get that headman pick in, in one of the other ones. So those are my three by lows. Yeah, I have to admit, uh, Lewis offered me Victor Hedman for Chris Letang back when Hedman was, you know, super cold and off the top power play. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And I, I ended up balking and I probably should have taken it because Hedman's already like you might be I've missed the window now to, you know, buy low on yep. Victor Hedman. He has four assists in his last two games. He's back on the top power play. Sergachev is injured, though. So I guess that would be the sales pitch. It's like, oh, as soon as Sergachev comes back, you know, Hedman back off the top power play. It's I don't know. It's, it's tricky. Like, you know, at least Latang is like guaranteed top power play when he's in the lineup. Hopefully he'll stay healthy the rest of the year. Uh, so Hedman is is a it's an interesting pick and like you could end up getting a big win there because you're definitely not going to get it for cheap though you know so when you're saying buy low like it's not as if you're going to be able to give away I don't know Ryan Hartman type guys to get it you're gonna have to give someone pretty good and then you'll be nervous all season hoping he holds that top power play I, I did want to also comment on this like Hartman thing I think I agree with what you guys are saying but I feel like it's more of like you know hopefully you find him out of free agency uh, because I you say like he's a lock, like Mason mentioned, he's like a lock to get back on the top line. Like, I'll just throw it out there that, yeah, I concur that, you know, Steele hasn't like done much in terms of like offense for himself. And Minnesota has won three games in a row and it like they were having a rough season. And like before that, they had two losses and before that, they had a, a few wins in a row. So they've kind of started to turn the season around. And so I just wonder if like if it's starting to work with what they're doing, then maybe they're not going to want to mess with it. So just I'm not saying that I disagree that Hartman gets another shot on the top line. I don't know if I'd call it a lock. I guess those are some of my thoughts, but Dave, I guess you want me to throw a, let's hear that love or yeah, not, I guess it's kind of a love list. Your <laughs> uh, by low list. Yeah. Your by low list. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I was gonna say, like, I'm used to playing in like tier one of the cupful where like you can't even make trades. Like, I- I'm trying to like imagine, <laughs> yeah, just a big brag here, but like, it's hard to imagine buying low on anyone just because, like, so I'll throw out, out some names that I wonder if people might be impatient with them, but I know that I wouldn't be able to do this in, in a couple of these. But like, you know, Patrice Bergeron is cold, only one point in his last five games. He's now on a season pace that's like well below anything he's done in like a really long time. He's pacing from like 62 points. Like, I'm personally not worried. Like, I guess he's a bit of a risk also we could get injured so you know that sales pitch is like man he's cold and he hasn't had his yearly injury yet but like i'd love to get patrice bergeron 
on the cheap if I could. I don't know exactly what you'd have to give away to get him at this point. Like, I guess it depends how impatient his manager is. Similar for uh, Martin Nachas, I have as my next pick. He was doing so, so well. And then all of a sudden now he's like pointless in four. And I think the astute of us realize that Sebastian Ajo has been injured. And obviously they were like making sweet music together. And perhaps just having Ajo away, you know, was whatever leading to this cold streak. Also just, just maybe some bad luck. So I would imagine Nachas maybe isn't like the point per game guy he was earlier in the year, but I think he's also not like someone that is, you know, worth dropping. And maybe there are some people who are starting to get super nervous and think that like, oh, I guess we're back now to Nachas who I grabbed at a free agency in the first week. And then you can be like, oh, well, don't just drop him. Like, I'll throw you some, you know, some peanuts here and I'll take Nachas off your hands. I don't know if you could pull that off, but he's someone who I, I'd expect to bounce back. Uh, and then... I don't know. Like then I was like, just trying, I was asking you guys before in our group chat, like, can I say Jesper Bratt? He's like pointless in three games. I really like him. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's actually like a violin. Like who's going to do that. So that's probably not even a good pick. I don't know. I'll throw Drew Doughty. I think he's good. He's like on a bit of a cold streak right now, but again, like, I don't know uh, how low you can get that guy, but you know, Doughty is like the LA team has been struggling a little bit recently and they they have trouble scoring goals and i think a lot of it is also like just they've been getting such weak goaltending i think it's like underrated how much like really crappy goaltending could also hurt your team's offense because you just like maybe are more afraid to like take a risky pass because you know if it gets intercepted like it's almost for sure a goal against because your goalie is so bad so yeah dowdy right now only pacing for 46 points but i could see la turning it around he could be a little bit better if you can get him for the cheap so well those are my those are my picks. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't love it. I, I don't, to be honest, Dave knows I'm not a trader. I'm like, I play free agency. That's how I play <laughs> fantasy hockey. So I like exactly. to just wait for one of these guys to get dropped and then I pounce. Elon is the ad drop ace as we like to describe him. But uh, no, I, I like, I'll, I'll, I'll critique your picks here and then we can go around horn real quick on the buys in general. But uh, I like Dowdy the best out of the three of them. Uh, I think I, I don't know about you, but I get a lot of Jersey Dowdy questions and things like that. And I always been advising people, you know, stick it out with Dowdy. It'll be, he'll be all right. And you said like, yeah, 46 point pace, nothing, nothing to scoff at, but uh I guess, yeah, if PJ, Mason, or Elon have any other closing thoughts on our buy list here. Yeah, actually, uh, I think the Dowdy pick is one of the ones that I overlooked, to be perfectly honest there, Elon. I, I like that one. And maybe it's because I have them on my team, so I haven't been like trying to sell them. Um, I've just been kind of holding steady with them because he was you know pre-ranked in like probably around 80th or something like that or cupful i'm not sure what it was but uh yahoo said he was his preseason rank was 75 which i don't know that i trust yahoo's preseason ranks for anything but um he's currently sitting at 151 um so that's a guy that could definitely move up and and be somebody i'd target so i like that pick that's a good one i'm just in general trying to move away from uh buying low on players just because of where I had them ranked at the start of the season. Like I think, you know, buying low on someone because of, you know, low shooting percentage or whatever, like absolutely you can do that. Um, but otherwise like I am more have been trying to buy high. I traded Latang for Carlson at the peak of his, uh, uh, hot streak this year. And I've been very happy with that trade. I've made a few others, um, like that. And last year, one of the things that sunk me was, uh, trying to do too much buying low and selling high, um, on guys that I drafted late, like Meyer. Um, but Elon, I think with your brat pick, like, I don't know. A guy doesn't have to be struggling to be a buy low. Like if you think Brat will be better than he's been doing, then it is a buy low, um, even though he's had a pretty decent season so far. So um, I don't mind that as a pick. Yeah, I guess it depends what the mindset of the person you're trading with. Like overall of the season, his numbers are still really good, but he's like cold like last week. So I don't know if the person yeah. is like, well, it's done. <laughs> And unlike the stream scheme, uh, we don't have a rostered percentage on any of these picks. Maybe Elon's are a little bit more of a shallow uh, kind of buy low, perhaps. But yeah, no, no rules here. They're all good picks. Go ahead, Peach. All right. I was just going to disagree with Elon and Mason on that one that I don't think Brat is a buy low candidate. Like I had him and I know Mason, you just said, don't worry too much about your pre-ranking, but I had him ranked lower than where he has been now, even with a week of, you know, slowness. He's, he's still a guy that I think is going to turn around. Uh, Mason, that's who I picked with my, uh, first round pick that I traded you Batherson for in Babupful. And I've been pretty happy to get Brat in the first round of Babupful so far. That's been, uh, you know, 
pretty good pick for me. So um, I don't know, maybe somebody would though, Elon, I, you know, you never know. You got, it's always worth reaching out to those managers. And if that's a guy that you see is slumping, um, I don't think that's ever bad advice to like see somebody's gone a week or a week or two without doing it and just reach out and see like, Oh, are you fed up with this guy yet? Um, and you know what, if you can win that trade, that, that would be huge. So I don't hate the advice at all. I'm not saying that, but I just don't know that I see Brat as a, as a buy low candidate myself, but if I the manager it does, then I, great. I regret it as I said it. Like, and I already did agree with you that it there's like doesn't hurt. Like, it could hurt. Like, you insult the person's intelligence, and then they like don't want to talk to you anymore. Like, you don't want to go to them. Oh, don't you think Brad is done? And then they're just like, get out of here. Well, I think I think you would have to offer them something worthwhile. You're not going to be like, oh, I'll just take that you know schmuck off your hands for yeah. nothing. Yes. Well, that, Dave just that said, could offend. Yeah, Dave said earlier that he would like love to trade for Matt Barzal. If I had Barzal, I'd send him to Dave for Jesper Brat. That would be a deal I would make. I wouldn't send you a brat, but I'd send you a, send you a draft pick. Okay, fair. <laughs> All right, but we're doing the, some uh, buy high, sell highs now. Elon, uh, let's hear the players that you're selling high on. Yeah, so I mean, again, this is like not really my forte and the way I like to play. Like I almost feel like selling high. I'll just do a little bit, bit of a preach here, but like, I feel like selling high is like an overrated thing to do. Like, as opposed to maybe you just like hang on to the guy and enjoy the production. And then when he slows down, you know, you, you had a good time and yeah, maybe you could be like doing all these amazing deals and like, just like selling the person at their peak and then like getting the next guy who's about to go and go up. But I don't know. I feel like if I've gotten a hot streak, I'm just probably going to enjoy it. And then if it slows down, then whatever, I'll drop him or do whatever, find some guy in free agency who's going to go on his next hot streak. But I was thinking of it in terms of like injuries a little bit. Like I think Matt Murray right now is someone that I would probably try to sell just because like, I'm not saying that I don't believe in what he's doing in Toronto. Like maybe he has like found his game and Toronto is like a much better place to play than Ottawa in terms of the defense. And maybe that's helping his confidence. I think with him, it was a bit of a confidence thing. Uh, but I just like, I would be so afraid that he'll get injured. Like, I feel like it's just like any game it could happen and I wouldn't be shocked. So if you could start getting like a legit good number one goalie that you don't have to be as worried about for injuries, I think that would probably be something that I would consider. Uh, and then I'm just going to go with the same rationale for like an Evgeny Malkin, who like Crosby is just having another like awesome season. Uh, he's up to 31 points in 30 games. He's like, he's like, he's peak Malkin at this point, right? Is exactly what you'd want from him. And I feel like he just has his yearly injury. Like just look at his games played over the past few seasons. Like you have one season at 78. And then aside from that, there's like nothing above 70, like ever since 2011, 2012. So like maybe this is the year that Malkin can hold it together and hold his body together all year. But if I could trade him for, you know, someone who is putting up similar numbers, then I would probably just do that. Then I could rest easy a little bit. Uh, so those are two of my picks. Those are like injury related. And then another one that's like a little lower level is like an Adrian Kempe, just because like he's slowly started to be good again. And I mean, just like really recently, like he's had like four goals in his last four games. And I'm still like super nervous. Like maybe you could try to convince someone like, oh, he's back to being, you know, the Kempe from last year who was that big, uh, what was the 35 goal scorer, but he's like still on the third line. And I, I really think this is just a bit of a blip. So if you can sell him now after having drafted him so high and regretting it, it would be a nice time to do it. Like I, I think the temptation is you drafted him. He was a you know bad for you, and then you didn't drop him for whatever reason. Now you're like, oh, finally, it's finally working out for me. But I think maybe the better mindset is like, now's my chance to finally get out from under this bad pick that I made. So those are my three. What do you think? Yeah, I I like all of those. I think Matt Murray is always um, a sell for me. Anytime he does anything good, just get him off your team. Capitalize on that if you can, especially if there's some Toronto fans in your league that are like, he keeps getting shutouts. Um, and then Malkin, like, I agree. I think that selling him in anticipation of an injury is pretty good. But if he's on your team, that means you also drafted him with the same injury risk and he's been performing pretty much exactly how you expected him to. So um, yeah, it might be, might be hard to bring yourself to sell him. Um, but I do think he'll probably get hurt at some point and it would be better not to have him uh, on your team. And then Adrian Kempe, I definitely think he's a sell high, uh, He's on my team and I really wish I could sell high. Don't think anyone uh, will bite. And uh, it hurts even more because I traded 
uh, Jari for him uh, right before Jari went on like an 11 game winning streak. Um, even though he was losing starts to to Smith uh, when I moved him and then Kempe got bumped and it's been uh, rough from there. But uh, yeah, if you can sell Kempe, I'd be happy to do that too. Um, I have way too many Kings on my team. <laughs> Elon, Elon probably does too. Um, uh, I've, okay, I've been so... dropping them. I've been dropping them so fast. I dropped already Velarde. I dropped <laughs> I follow today. Not even David be mad. It wasn't even a streamer drop. I just dropped him for Dylan Strom, just figuring like I need to start actually adding some good players to my team and not just focusing on streaming. Uh, I've got Kaliev left, line one Kaliev. But uh, I mean, he's also still not doing anything. So these Kings, man, ridiculous. Oh, but Phoenix Copley's good. He's someone I would add. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I have Kaliev the other day. Power play one. Uh, but... I don't know. I should probably drop him. And then Kempe, I can't bring myself to drop him because I gave Jari for him. Um, okay, so my sell highs, my first one is a little category of first-line centers on bad teams. You've got Horvat, Kachur, and Suzuki, who are all doing really well. Like Horvat and Kachur are like top 40 in couple scoring. And it's all coming from goals that they're scoring. And they're not like shooting way more than other years or anything they're just scoring a ton of goals the goals are going in the net i think um yeah it'd be a good idea to sell all of these guys if you can get anything close to um the ranking that they have currently i do think you know they're not going to fall off completely but they're all shooting like twice their um shooting percentage uh their usual shooting percentage and i just think it'll fall back down much closer to that um so i'm not a complete homer dave get rid of horvat uh bad vibes in vancouver despite um how well he's been doing um next up i have taylor hall um he's been kind of on fire lately and that combined with like a hot start when uh, debrusque and marchand were out i think his overall ranking is still pretty good and lots of points recently but um yeah him being on the third line is just so gross and second power play like there's nobody for him to get points with um and i think if you can get out from under that that would be great and then finally i have nugent hopkins who um has been doing really well this year, but it's all been coming in surprising ways. He's also shooting uh, way too high. He has absolutely nobody to play with on his line. Like currently, I think he's with um, Yanmark and Yamamoto. Uh, he gets Pugliarvi there sometimes or Holloway, but none of these guys are anyone that I expect him to get points with. And despite that, he has 11 even strength goals, um, which is just way too high. And then um, on the power play, he has like, the same number of points on the power play as he got last year in twice as many games um, and just has never had this pace before despite playing with the same players. So uh, I can't see that keeping up either. I think you'd be able to get someone pretty decent for all of these players. um, And I definitely want to move them off my team. All right. Um, To just kind of touch on a few of Mason's, I kind of agree. Some of those guys you mentioned, like Couture, Horvat, are are ones that I was looking at as well as kind of like some sell high sort of candidates. They're just playing unreal and and hard to see them keeping it up the whole season. Um, and the one with Horvat, like you mentioned, Mason, the kind of that bad vibes, not not necessarily going to be staying with the team. There'll be you know some other stuff going on there so who knows but like he's playing unreal and and like elon said before it's hard these are guys that are like just awesome to have on your team right now and it's kind of just looking ahead and thinking are are they going to kind of have that fall off or not and i don't think any of those players are going to be like unrosterable at all like they're all going to be good players throughout but they're probably going to drop you might be able to get somebody who's slightly lower right now that might be able to pull that up uh Nugent Hopkins is an interesting one and I won't go on too long I know I'm the Oilers fan here uh but just looking at a bunch of stuff and a lot of the reports of it um they've actually been commending his play more so away from like playing with Connor McDavid and Drysaddle this year of being able to actually drive a line a lot more than he ever has before and he's been playing a lot more um I'm not saying that I think he's going to keep it up as much, but he's kind of found that role on the power play even more. Um, and he's also been able to like still put in those even strength points. Like you said, his shooting percentage is up, but he's also getting into better shooting areas. Uh, and that's what, you know, I've been noticing from watching the games. Um, but like you said, Mason, I think he's really high right now. Like Edmonton has 
four players in the top 30 in scoring right now with Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, Drysdale, McDavid. I don't think they're going to finish the season with, you know, four players in the top 30. Um, so I don't hate the pick. I'm just, I'm not as low on them maybe as you are uh, for that. Uh, but Mason, you had your hand up and want to. Yeah, definitely. Like of the two, him and Hyman, give me Hyman all day. Um, despite them having similar stats, like he's actually the one playing with those players at even strength and on the power play. And if you say like he's been really good without make David and Dreisaitl, and that's what Oilers media is saying, like that's all the more reason for me to trade him because I only think he's going to be able to keep up anything close to this if he's playing with one of those guys uh, at even strength. You do also have to just remember that um, Edmonton does have a few injuries right now with like Kane, um, even some guys lower in the lineup. So there are some other players that are supposed to be coming back and Nugent Hopkins will probably be playing with somebody at even strength like a, a Hyman or maybe a Dreisaitl or, you know, somebody else going forward. He's actually probably playing with the lesser of players right now than he will be for the rest of the season. That's all I want to say. I wasn't saying it was a bad pick. I was just giving some rebuttal on that as as the Oilers homer here, um, but trying to keep pretty honest with it and and what I'm seeing. Uh, but I'll give you my my three right now. Uh, and I did switch one up, so I'll screw you guys up from what I had mentioned earlier. But it was just somebody who I'd been uh, you know with a little bit later today. I mean, the guy I have on my team that I'm looking to move in another league and realized I should be chatting about him. But I'll start with uh, the opposite to my cider pick and going with Heronic. Um, I think he's doing he's overdoing like what he's going to, he's excelling too much right now. Um, I do, as I said, the reason why I have cider as a buy low is I think cider is going to eventually take that power play back over in my mind. It's a matter of time. Um, and that'll like take away some of those points and stuff. I don't think he's bad. Don't like, don't get me wrong. Um, he did say he was practicing in a regular Jersey, so he's not going to miss much time after that hit. That was my one concern if, you know, you'd even be able to, but at this point I would probably be trying to move him for maybe a likewise D or something that I think is going to maybe hold it up, um, versus somebody who might lose that top power play. And you know what, even if he doesn't sure, yeah, he's going to keep going, but I just think, you know, when Detroit starts getting some of these players back and if Cider bumps it, I, I don't know that Heronik's going to be as relevant for me. Um, the next one is Jeff Skinner. The guy's playing on real right now. Buffalo's scoring goals. I know I'm the one who said Tage Thompson was on my hate list, uh, whatever, but uh, Skinner's shooting percentage is the highest it's ever been in his career this year. He's only one goal away on the power play from matching his total in goals and assists on the power play from last year uh, in a whole season so he's like you know he's up a minute on the power play but he's down a minute of like time on ice from last year it's kind of a weird one and i just don't see him keeping at this high of a pace i don't think he's gonna drop off the the mark but i don't think he's gonna stay as elite as he has looked so far so if, if i was a skinner owner, owner i'd be looking to try and move him at this point um and the last one that i kind of switched up uh Dominic Kubalik, um, and this one's one where he kind of has been playing really, really well for a few weeks. And over the past week, he's just started slumping a bit. Um, so it might be a little harder to sell high on at this point if people are just looking at his last week. Um, but he is a guy that was doing really well, but he's kind of moving around the lineup. And I'm just worried about with like Jacob Verona coming back and a few of these other guys that are still a few weeks away, but Verona joined the team today. And um, I'm just curious what Detroit's offensive lines are going to shake out to be um, and I think I see him dropping even more than he already has started to so I'm not saying you're going to be able to like go and get a like a top 50 player for him but if you could get a top 100 player for him I feel like he's going to slowly be slipping out of that contention of uh, a top 100 player at this point yeah I wouldn't be surprised to see Kuba League dropped in some leagues soon so I think if you're if you're trying to sell him I think probably just wait and hope he has like a big game at some point and then try because right now I just can't imagine anyone being interested in a guy with no points and only three shots in his last four games, especially with the news that Verano's coming back. But yeah, I, I, I like the other picks. <laughs> yeah, well, this one, like I'm saying, it's he was doing really well up until this past week and this past week has been rough, but he also did get bumped back up to the second line at the end of last game. He was playing on the third line. So like, I'm with you on 100%. If he puts up a goal or something, that's your time. Try and sell him. If not, he's probably going to be 
somebody who just ends up getting dropped. So uh, maybe you can trade them for somebody that's a little bit more keeper territory than just a waiver wire pickup. And not that I would necessarily recommend trying to pull the wool over a fellow fantasy manager's eyes, but let's just maybe say for someone like a Kubalik, you look and see who's maybe not paying as much attention to their rosters, who's not making a ton of ads and drops, and maybe they just look at that, you know, overall season total rank whenever they see that trade project or that trade offer. So never hurts, you know, stuff like that. But <laughs> then you got to uh, change you know, leagues. You don't want to be playing with these types <laughs> of players. That's well, it's like a hometown league, like you, sure. you know. You don't, all of your friends, like obviously, some of my friends are great at fantasy. Shout out tier one, Harrison, who I'm rooting for to bring the title back to Pittsburgh, PA. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Harrison. But, you know, other times there's players who in our hometown league that just hasn't set his roster in the last month and a half. So you're going to have that, you know, in, in hometown leagues and stuff like that. So, you know, not all leagues can be tier one of the couple, you know, and you have to realize that sometimes. But. Yeah. Then you got to think like, do you want to be the one then like ripping off the person who doesn't know what they're doing? That's going to hurt your rep. Well, that's what I said. It. Yeah. We're not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes, mm-hmm. but. Hey, if it's gonna right. be, it's maybe, gonna be maybe, someone. Maybe, but maybe you could throw them in like a package deal. It could be like a yeah, two exactly. for two, and that could be like a yeah. sweetener. And then, then you're not like, you know, making a you know a bad trade to just like get ahead. But it could be something that's maybe somebody sees some value in or whatever. It doesn't always have to be a one for one trade in these ones. These are just yeah. guys that you know we're seeing starting to you know lose faith in our lineup and maybe somebody else is willing to take that risk. And that's kind of where I put him in that one. Yeah, yeah. I think that's totally fair. Also, I really hope you're wrong about Jeff Skinner. I just traded for him. <laughs> so anyway. I like that every every once in a while he has a five point game. That's really nice. Hey, nothing wrong with the Mason approach of of buy high. You know that that's a that's a strategy as well. That's just just not what we're talking about here today. Yeah. All right. right. So Dave, I'm curious and, to hear yours. Uh, yeah. And so and also yeah, Elon. I I actually really like your Malkin pick. Um, I was touting him. Before the season even drafted him in my couple team. Um, but yeah, kind kind of like you said, will be someone who you know I can't sell on, on Malkin, so I'll probably just hold him until he inevitably gets injured. Um, I was really high on him, you know, he was in the best shape of his life. But haven't been as impressed as I thought I was gonna be. I thought it would be one of those years where he really just comes out swinging, but sometimes it like it actually takes like a Crosby injury for him to do that, which I also hope doesn't happen, but we'll, we'll see who gets injured this month on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, but my, and uh, Mason, I, I, yeah, I like your list, but I mean, I love Suzuki. I think someone else was saying, I brought him up on short shifts on uh, Tuesday about how I think like Suzuki and Caulfield are some of my biggest regrets in our uh, tier four couple draft. And then someone on uh, the short shifts, uh discord server said like oh no like sell 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 because that shooting percentage and everything like that and i'm like i'll take them you know sometimes i just like guys you know sometimes you gotta sometimes you just gotta throw stats out the window just give them do the old gut feel and i like suzuki and caulfield but go ahead mace yeah i do like them too like at the start of this season uh in all the mocks that we were doing i was picking the combination of Suzuki and Caulfield in the eighth and ninth round, like over and over and over. And then in our actual draft, I picked right at the start of the uh, eighth round and felt like it was too soon. And they were both gone by the time it came back to me. Um, I do like, I think that they'll keep up close to what they're doing, but um, some people might be higher on them uh, than you are. And uh, that this, their stats have shown so far this season. So I think, yeah. And him, uh, he's probably really just to a lesser extent um, than Horvat or um, Couture is, but I thought I would lump him in there a little bit, just uh, having, having the same indicators of a high shooting percentage. Yeah. And so I'll go through my uh, sell high list very quickly as well. First up, I've got the entire team of the St. Louis Blues. I don't like them and kind of similar to my uh, buy uh, low picks. I'm selling high on any of the blues that are performing even somewhat decently because of their terrible schedule in the second half from, as I mentioned, starting on Monday until 
the last week through the last week of the couple championship week, which I think ends on April 2nd, uh, St. Louis plays 46 games, 11 light days out of 46, which is gross. And I don't want it. And so especially kind of like those mid tier players, your Rob Thomas's, your Cairo, uh, Shen, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, maybe like all those guys I'm selling, like the only one who I really kind of wouldn't sell would be tank probably. Um, but either way, 11 light days out of 46 games. That's gross. Like the average light day is like 17, 18. So that's like two full weeks of light days that they're missing out from like the average team. So that's why I'm selling all the blues. Uh, my next sell high, Kevin Fiala. I've been trying to trade him like crazy in the couple. Uh, no success, unfortunately, because I'm not going to sell him for nothing. You know, I think he's like top 40 in couple points right now. But I also don't love the the Kings schedule. They only have 14 light days out of four in only 43 games. So they actually play the least amount of games of anyone uh, coming up here in the second half. If you count from Monday until the end of the season. And then my last one is Joe Pavelski. Nothing really wrong with Joe Pavelski necessarily. I can just feel it. Like there's going to be at some point, I feel that I can't tell you why. I don't, I don't even think it might be because of an injury, maybe just a a little cold streak. They're going to be like, you know what? Maybe let's try out someone young also with uh, Hinton Robertson here. And then I feel like he might never regain it again. And so that's why I kind of want to trade Pavelski. Uh, while he's still getting that primo deployment, because I don't have a reason. I just got a gut feeling that it's going to be bad news bears for Pavelski if he gets knocked off that line for injury or just for a cold stretch or whatever the case is. So uh, that's all our buy high and sell lows. Um, let's go through each person. Uh, you can give a recap uh, on your buy highs and sell lows. Uh, any honorable mentions you want to feel like you want to hit really quick and just any other quick hitters that you want to give on any of mine or any other players uh, that we talked about. So um, I I'll, I guess I'll start it off real quick here just because I want to mention um, the Detroit Red Wings uh, is honorable mentions. I just love them in the second half. I'm really high on, I don't know how the lines are going to shake out, but just in general, I want in on Rana. You can get him for pretty, well, I don't know if someone's holding him this whole time, they might not trade him for that cheap, but I like Rana. I like Bertuzzi. I think you can get him for super cheap. And yeah, I just think, uh, the Red Wings might come back and pre- if all those guys get healthy with like Fabry and stuff like that. Their top three lines actually aren't too bad when you throw in like Raymond, Kubalik, Ron. It's actually looking like pretty good. If all those guys come back and all those get healthy, I would only be scared if they did like a split power play type thing. But uh, yeah, that's all I got in my buy list was Zegris, Keller, and Barzell. And I am selling the Blues, Fiala, and Pavelski. Uh, let's go to you, Mason. My buy low list was Hartman, Makar, and Forsberg. And for sell highs, I had Horvat, Kutcher, Hall, and Nugent Hopkins. And I guess the only thing that I'd really add is that Dave's uh, sell list is crap and don't (laughs) get rid of uh, Viala. Like Dave said before, uh, we always have the opposite opinion. So I'm just going to lean into that here. Don't sell Viala or Pavelski. Uh, They are locked into great deployment and uh, should keep it going all year. And I will also point out that Dave was trying to sell Fiala for Huberto and um, <laughs> that trade was declined. Oh, he offered Robert Thomas as well and yeah, uh, put up a poll on Twitter and uh, almost everyone wanted the Fiala side. So um, I agree. I think Fiala is going to be probably as good or better than Huberto the rest of the way. I know. I wish... I wish I could send uh, that guy's like not on discord. Like he doesn't, but whatever, but uh, PJ let's hear uh, your list, your honorable mentions, anything else. And then we'll close it out with Elon. Yeah. I think the one that we kind of chatted about uh, beforehand and I know Elon had mentioned it too. And I kind of pulled him off my um, by low list just because it was mentioned that he might, he's only rostered in 47% of leagues right now. Yahoo leagues. So um, Raymond on Detroit, 
Dave, you just had mentioned him as well. And that's a guy that I think is going to turn it around. And like you said, Detroit, I'm, I'm pretty high on. And let's, you know, I had a lot of Detroit players listed, uh, you know, even some on my sell high, but I, I, like I mentioned, I don't think Hronik's going to be terrible going forward. I just think I have a feeling Sider's going to reclaim that top power play. He's going to do better. Raymond's going to do better. Once some of these injuries start coming back, I think that whole team's just going to be a little bit stronger. Um, and so I'm pretty excited about him. Uh, so that was kind of one of my honorable mentions. I also had another honorable mention for uh, my sell high in, in Jamie Ben, who's a guy I have who I've been trying to trade. And but he just keeps doing it. He just keeps putting up points for me. And I can't I picked him up as a streamer one week weeks ago and a guy I cannot let go because he's just kept performing so it doesn't make sense to me because he doesn't have like a ton of minutes he's playing mainly you know third line a lot of the time whatever but uh, he just seems to be able to put up points so um, he's a guy that I'm trying to sell but I'm uh, failing at so I don't know if anyone else is going to be able to sneak that one in but uh, he might just be a guy just keep riding and enjoy it while I have him uh, performing and he might go back to the free agency when I'm done um, yeah. And then my lists are uh, buy low was Victor Hedman, Cider, and Huberdo, and my sell high were Hironic, uh, Jeff Skinner, and Dominic Kubalik. All right, yeah, I think Jamie Ben probably yeah just hold and then eventually drop. Like I don't think you're going to get much for him, but yeah, he's he's been kind of cold lately. But he just scored in his last game, but on only one shot, a power play goal. Yeah, it's just on that top power play, he has a good chance. Another guy on that top power play, Joe Pavelski. I definitely agree with Mason that I'm not uh, so interested in selling him. I'm not. I mean, but hey, Dave's got his hunch. We'll find. I remember one year you had your hunches of like random guys that were going to get injured, and I don't know if those ended up coming true, but we'll we'll see about this one. Uh, yeah. I guess, yeah, to summarize my list here, I had Bergeron, Natchez, Dowdy as the buy lows. And then I had Kempe, uh, Murray, and Malkin as my sell highs. But at the end of the day, I just want to encourage people to, you know, play your waiver wire. Sometimes you can buy low, aka get someone for free out of free agency. And then that person ends up being, you know, a hold. You don't have to negotiate with anyone. You don't have to bamboozle everyone. So I would definitely recommend before, uh, you know, stressing out too much about trade, see if there's just any potential gems out there in free agency for you. And you could tweet at Keeping Carlson or at the Stream Scheme. It's not, was it Stream Scheme NHL? Tweet at Dave, you'll find uh, him. Yeah, NHL Stream Scheme. And, uh, you know, ask us what, what we think about these ads. And, yeah, we'll let you know if we think it's worth it. But I was like playing that game because it's, it's a little easier. But some people love trades. I mean, some people just go nuts and that's like the most fun for them. So obviously have at it. Uh, but yeah, it's always tricky. If you're selling high, there's a chance that the person might just stay really good. So there's definitely some risk there. Yeah. And so if you scroll to the very end of the podcast for a recap, here you go. Dave is buying high on Zegris, Keller, and Barzell. He's selling on the Blues, Fiala, and Pavelski. Mason is buying on Hartman, McCarr, and Philly Forsberg and selling on Horvat, Couture, Hall, and Nugent Hopkins, and maybe Suzuki in there as well. I'm not sure if you walked that back. PJ is buying on Huberto, Cider, and Hedman, and selling on Hronik, Skinner, and Dominique Kubalik. Elon is buying on Bergeron, Natchez, and Dowdy, and selling on Matt Murray, Kenny Malkin, and Adrian Kempe. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone. I guess we can go around and give like one final thought if you want there. If anyone wants to, you can just hand up or talk or whatever. <laughs> Great job, Dave. Really had some fun recording these last couple shows with you. And happy holidays to everyone. Though, of course, we're going to be back with another Keeping Carlson episode coming. You're, no shortage of shows in the Keeping Carlson feed, as people are probably realizing. And after you're listening to this, you'll probably have another couple episodes ready for you for Brian and I's mega show on Sunday. So hope you're enjoying all the content. And uh, you know, good luck in your matchups next week. The, these shortened matchups, you got to be really shrewd to uh, win it in only five days. Yeah, thanks, Dave, for having us. It's been great uh, competing with you in our tier so far, even though neither of us is doing that well. Hopefully we can turn things around with some of these picks and hopefully uh, this helps uh, some of you other teams out there as well. Always a pleasure to join you on the stream scheme, Dave. Uh, Elon, really fun to have you join us this time too. This is great. Uh, Mason, always love your uh, your exact opposite takes of Dave's. It just makes <laughs> me smile. So uh, this has uh, been another fun one and uh, looking forward to whatever the next one will be. And with that, keep on keeping Carl Son. Bye.